2: Oh, hi there. Didn't see you looking. Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. yep back again. New episode, you know the drill, but guess who returns this week? Jen Eckhart. Remember her? Oh, she's that lass who tried to take a run at the castle and try and take down Toy Story. Wow, but let's give her credit. She wants to come back on and take on the 80s darling of them all, and that is The Breakfast Club. Before we get to it, make sure you give our sponsor a go. Give athleticgreens.com slash GTSC a shot. You get some free stuff while doing so. And never forget guttingthesacredcow.com where you get blogs every single day. And, of course, the merch store is always open 24-7, 366. Is there 365? Just kidding, 365. <laughs> Just seeing if you were paying attention. And guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And uh, no more hold-up. Let's see if uh, Jen Eckhart can send the Breakfast Club to detention. Now, let's not go sucking each other's dicks quite yet. Kevin Israel named that film.
3: That one I know I should know, but I you just, fucking better should know that one. I bro. My brain is shot. No, we all.
2: have. Uh, uh, I can't. You need to start doing cocaine before our show is a perk up. Uh, how about a musical hint? Pulp fiction oh. where he's in the
3: uh oh. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I
2: can't believe it's the same car. Well, let's not go sucking each other's dicks quite yet. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel back again with Kevin Israel's child brain fog still lurking about in the L noggin. And this week, we welcome back a fan favorite. Oh. Just kidding. She's public enemy number one after going after Toy Story, which caught massive piles of shit for her attack on a sacred of most sacred of cows. And boy, she came this fight with a back scratcher and left ionized. But here she is, reconstituted. Jen Eckhart, everybody. Say hi, Jen. How are you?
0: Well, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that intro, Kevin. Really appreciate that. Fan favorite than to public enemy number
2: one. Yeah. So, thank you. We like to throw the old deuce around here, the old curveball. Jen has chosen a film that came out. I'm going to, I don't, I forgot. I think you did tell me how old you are, but I'm going to guess that you were, it came out oh, a good wow. seven years after you were born. That film is 1985's The Breakfast Club. Am I right in my guess? was
0: born 1990.
2: Oh, I was two years old. Oh up. my okay. God. Right? Right. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Israel! What I was heard
0: Israel. What was that?
2: Yeah, I was a freshman in high school. That I happened. know, me too. Wait, Israel, this is going to make even more bad shit. Uh, I was at the gym today, and I had on Sports Center, and they said Patrick Mahomes was born like September fifteenth, no, nineteen, 19 ninety <laughs> nine. He was born. Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> I graduated college five months before, four months before. <sighs> Jen Eckhart has chosen the absolute eighties. Darling, The Breakfast Club, a budget at the time of one million bucks, a box office hall of fifty one point five million dollars. Turn that into twenty twenty two money, a two point six million dollar budget, a box office hall of one hundred and thirty six point three million dollars. That is some serious fucking ROI, folks. Yeah, it is. Damn that John Hughes. Is he not a wizard with the pen? He really is. Marketing or is he? IMDb, Jen Ackhart, as you know, is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. What did The Breakfast Club
3: accrue on the old IMDb?
0: Oh, gosh. Do I have time to Google really quick? You always ask me
3: this. No. Oh, guess it. Um, We always ask you it because it's a segment of the podcast.
0: IMDb, I'm going to say, I don't know. People go crazy over this movie, and I I don't understand it for the life of me. We'll
2: get into it. Just give us a number.
0: Well, with like an 8.9.
2: Okay, 9. Kevin
3: Israel. Okay.
2: 8.3.
3: 7.8. That's fair.
2: Rotten, yeah. to, Rotten Tomatoes, 1 through 100 score. Critics, Kevin Israel, Breakfast Club. Step up to the plate, pal. 72. Jen Eckhart. Critics.
0: Critics? Uh... Jeez. 78? 89. Mm.
3: 89. That's higher than I really, really would have guessed.
2: Rotten Tomatoes audience score, Jen Eckhart. What do you think The Breakfast Club
3: got?
0: I'd say 82.
2: Kevin
3: Israel? See, I know I'm going to be wrong, but if the critics gave this an 89, the aud- this is... Uh, hugely popular with the people so I'm going to say 92
2: one of you is dead nuts on and that is the person who is wearing as many necklaces as Mr. T Kevin Israel <laughs> I pity Nin- fool 92 on the do- Yeah, I'm surprised like, that's an easy one like, the critics love it you know the audience is fucking gaga over this quotes did your mom marry Mr. Rogers no Mr. Johnson <laughs> that was great deadpan humor. I, I laughed out loud. You wasteoid. You're not going to blaze up in here. Did I? So, Jen, so we're just going to eschew all the old jokes. Kevin, did they add oid to every like negative term you could think of in the 80s as a term of an insult? Wasteoid, I, don't if, freak-oid, I don't know if
3: they actually did or if John Hughes just heard it said once and was like, that's how the kids talk. All right. I mean, wasteoid, Freakoid, I heard all that shit. Oid
2: was big. Yeah. And my favorite line of the film, which, again, I fucking laughed out loud. I'm not a no, slut. I'm a compulsive liar.
3: <laughs> That's great. Ja- Kevin Israel, how about some quotes? I just had one that got me. Does Barry Manilow know you rated his yeah. wardrobe? I debated about that one. But that joke's been done so many different times, so many different ways. I mean, I heard
2: it originally. Oh, where'd you go? Liberace's closet? Like, all right. So I know, but when, like,
3: when he walked in, I was like, what is he, a used car salesman? He looks like a cheap pimp. And then he said that, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm right in line with what they were thinking.
2: <laughs> yeah, when you say cheap, you say, sorry, used car salesman, I think of, and no better person at it, Bill Paxton, True Lies, the uh, vet keeps vet yeah. him wet. Um, which, you by the way,
3: you're never going uh, to a, a car lot and getting to test drive a 1964 Corvette. That's never happening in a million years. I
2: can't wait till someone does True Lies in this podcast, so Kevin Israel can bust that with his weeks. That doesn't happen. <laughs> How about you, Jen Eckhart? Got a quote from this puppy?
0: Uh, I. <sighs> I actually do, and I hate, I hate that I do. Ha- I, I, there was one quote I thought that was kind of funny. It was when the principal was like, I make $31,000, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not about to throw it away for a punk <laughs> like you. And I was like, oh, money I have, back over here.
3: <laughs> I have that as a note.
2: <laughs> I have that as a note, too. Would you care to know what 31000 was back in ninety? I was going
3: to do that, too, but I knew you would, so lay it on us. $82,000 in today's time. That's that's still, I feel like a principal gets paid more than that. You know, here's a, we'll get into it, but. Um, Principals are in the low six figures.
2: Right. I thought he was a teacher because, well, I'll get into it in a minute. I'll tell you why. Okay. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. Before the film got its iconic Breakfast Club title, a couple of other ideas had been thrown out. Rejected title ideas included On the Nose, Library Revolution, and The Rhymey, The Lunch Bunch. (laughs) The
3: Lunch Bunch?
2: Ridiculous. Ridiculous. How about The Winner's Dinner? Was that not taken?
3: And you kind of got to wonder, like, if they picked one of those terrible names, would it have changed the outcome of the movie? The, the success of the movie.
2: Adam Carolla does it best. And this is actually one of my notes. I don't care. I'll do it. He goes, this is the perfect instance where the title was thought of before the film came out. Yeah. Like The Breakfast Club. This is what's going to happen. Number two, before Molly Ringwald landed the role of the snobby rich girl, Claire. Was she that snobby? I didn't I didn't. know. Lord Dern, Jodie Foster, and Robin Wright
0: were all considered for the role. Brooke Shields. Oh, how we're not sorry i have to interrupt here go ahead the fact that none of those women were cast and molly ringwald was cast <laughs> over them that blows my mind continue
2: brooke shields was in talks to play allison and the daily beast kevin israel you guessed this one of these two guys up for the role of judd nelson's bender role one very big in the 80s one huge 90s I think you get the 80s one, I really do. If you if you think about the the everything involved, all the components of
3: this film. Judd Nelson's character? Yeah. Tom Cruise. No,
2: not a bad guess. The one I thought you would get was John Cusack. Oh.
3: Yeah. And Nick Cage. I mean... <laughs> Ah, oh, that would have been such a better movie, right? I you know
0: that we found out recently <laughs> if that Nick Cage is not his real name. Yeah, he's
3: a... No,
2: you don't <laughs> say.
0: It. It's his Hollywood stage name. He's an Italian guy. I had no idea. Wait, wait, wait. He's an Italian
2: guy. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you motherfuckers took it out right of my mouth. He's not just an Italian guy. He's an Italian guy royalty in Hollywood. He's he- a Coppola. Yeah. I know. I know his, his uncle wrote The Fucking Godfather. <laughs> No, he did. Or directed the Godfather. That wrote it. Directed it. I'm not I'm serious. Is
0: he not proud of his Italian lineage? Why did he change it to Cage?
2: Uh, AZ answer is ma- uh, to prevent nepotism. I want to break free.
0: Fair question.
2: Let's ride.
3: Uh. You like that? call? You like the pull, Kevin? I knew you'd get that one. <laughs> That's the worst it's such, such a it's it's such a bad bad movie <laughs> it is that's
2: gone in 60 seconds jen don't rush it's not worth it angelina jolie is a blonde it doesn't work for me oh uh,
3: so bad oof but <laughs> got
2: a lot of cars so i like it anyway as, go on. i know that, that that's your that's your Wick. he may have still been able to audition but judd's method acting on set almost led him to be fired during mid-production molly ringwald said that judd was teasing her on set as bender would declare And that John Hughes got upset. John was extremely protective of me, and it just infuriated him. And he almost fired him, and we all banded together and really talked John out of firing Judd. Hmm. What kind of parent decides, you know what, I don't want this fucking kid. Judd, that's your name now. Just drop him off at a firehouse and then save him the embarrassment of an adult later on in life. For fans who wanted to know what happened on Monday when all the kids had to go back to school together, guess what? There was supposed to be a sequel to this film. No way. And it was going to be into into the future and a bit with the kids' lives. In 2005, Emilio Estevez was reportedly attached to the sequel that John Hughes was writing, but John Hughes died in 2009. Obviously, no sequel has been made. So sad. So wait, but did they ever reveal what the plot was going to be? No. Sons of bitches. I think we're all better for that, Kevin. Now I want to know. John Hughes, too easy of a a shoe-in for Never mind. John Hughes considered one, two. Actually, this is one of the people that you did get. Considered Tom Cruise. All right. Michael J. Fox. All right. Matthew Broderick. Believable. Rob Lowe. Wheelhouse. And this name made me sip and go, get the fuck out of here. Ready? Jim Carrey for the role of Andrew Clark, the wrestler. What?
0: Oh, man. I feel like I, if he was cast, I would have loved the movie.
2: Uh, hey, no way, Stuart. You're not going to blaze up in here. Alrighty, <laughs> then. The pen is blue. <laughs> it's brown. It's brown. Green. I guarantee you he would not say if Molly Ringwald was on set. smoking. Right? Generate the face. Great. Right. By the way, she looks much, much, much better as an older woman.
0: She does. She does. And yeah.
2: also for the I role of- She's
0: got the Benjamin Button thing going on,
2: you <laughs> know? It's, yeah. Same thing as, as Elizabeth Shue. What is it with these 80s actresses just becoming these beautiful butterflies much, much later in life? Blossoming
3: later in life.
2: Actually, Elizabeth Shue is was still- While we just still leaving Las Vegas, I mean, she was- a smoke show in the 90s and then even still now in her 50s get ready for this kevin israel one guess mega hit in the mega star in the 80s guess was considered for the role of carl the janitor mega huge comedy actor
3: oh comedy actor
2: ah i might have narrowed it down for you too much bill murray i like where your head is Jan, you got a guess
0: I was actually going to say Bill Murray. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Kevin Chase. John Candy.
3: Okay. I
2: mean. Was his part
3: that funny, though?
2: No, it wasn't. (laughs) Not at all. Which is why it makes it a perfectly good casting, because you're wasting John Candy. (laughs) (laughs) They saved him for the polka polka guy in uh, Home Alone, as well as uh, (laughs) Planes Trains. All right. And now it's time for our segment, which I'm sure Jen, I know, and I know she has, she's seen it because she's answered a few. Ask a gutter. Ask a gutter. You gotta
1: ask a gutter.
2: Brandon Oglesby, Newark Knights. For Jen, I know KG is gonna come for Breakfast Club with both barrels and Uzi and a hand grenade. So I'll just ask which high school archetype were you? And could you hold your smoke?
0: Um. Yeah, I'll answer that. So I was a bit of a oddball. I was kind of like a unicorn <laughs> in high school. No, because I was cheerleading captain. No, you
3: weren't. No, a... you weren't. Yep. this my... is what. No, nope, nope. Stop talking. I, I love stereotypes. stereotypes.
0: Not done. I'm nope.
3: Not done. No. See, here is the thing.
0: Fire here... nerd. I was a theater geek, and I was well, also checks out president.
3: But here's here's the thing
0: I didn't subscribe to any. Yeah,
3: I know. That's what every popular girl said. She was she was she's Reese Witherspoon in election. Every popular girl is like, I liked everybody. I hung out with everybody. Everybody liked me. I was friends with everybody and blah, 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 because you had such a good time because you were popular. So no, it, was easy to, it was easy to have this inflated I, view I, of yourself.
0: I, I was bullied. There was a mean girl.
3: <laughs> oh, you're I'm sure no, it was very hear, hard. Yeah, let's hear this. I know it's all start a. We're going to have a March outside your high school.
0: There's always a mean girl click in every high school. I was not a part of it. And like, I still hate mean girls to this day. I'm a girl's girl. So, and by the way, uh, I responded to that tweet, Kevin Gauthier, saying, if you're bringing a hand grenade, I'm bringing a nuclear bomb. So strap in.
2: You said that last time, and look what happened. You left as a cloud of dust.
0: Next. For Jenna, even if you hate The
2: Breakfast Club, can you at least admit that the theme song by Simple Minds is great for karaoke?
0: Um, Yes, but the don't you forget about me song. Like, I wish I could forget I ever saw this movie. So I see that's where I stand on that. <laughs>
3: okay. All right.
2: John D. De- John D. At J. Lee D's. Have to agree with The Breakfast Club. Massively overrated. Shallow. Overall exhausting. So my only question for that would be, what is the worst thing Jennifer did in school that she may or may not have received detention for? I'm going to cut you off. There's no way in hell you got detention.
0: You know, I...
2: Nope, nerd. (laughs)
0: No, I actually, I actually did.
2: (laughs) I mean, chewing gum in class.
0: Innocuous. Yeah, no, it was literally for like talking in class, like.
3: Ooh. Like, I was, like, like I
0: was talking to somebody I know. Ooh, living on the oh, edge. God, next to me. No, but the teacher was just trying to be an asshole. She was just try- She was power hungry and was like, "Ha ha! Look at the student council president." And the, the teacher, teacher doesn't like me because hungry. I'm
3: prettier than her.
0: I'm give that girl a detention. It's going to ruin her whole week.
3: Yeah, it's still in her permanent record. And I think about yeah, it- what was uh, what was the best thing you got detention for?
2: Oh my god. Kevin's
0: like carry the one. Oh oh.
2: <laughs> seventh grade biology this is a classic seventh grade biology we get to dissect things right and i said and we got to dissect frogs and what did we do
0: I've never understood this like why no. do why do we do this but go it's,
2: it's kind of cool so we of course my buddy and i who should have been a comic as well we take the probe which is just a long it's like a harpoon like a mini harpoon and we put it the frog's ass and we swung it around and then I took the what I got, what I did was I snipped out the small intestines. You get because you had to cut out the organs. And I snipped it I, and I took like the forceps and I squeezed out all the shit that was left in the intestine. Oh. I go, ah, oh, stuff doesn't smell as bad as Mr. Moore's breath. And the entire oh. crack class cracked up. And they go, he goes, goatee, that's good. In school. I go, All right. I mean, I guess I- <laughs> <laughs> but my buddy, I, I, I have to get our
0: really Sid from Toy Story.
2: <laughs> no, I don't blow up.
1: Toys.
0: No, but that's like a serial killer move, though, too. I feel like that's something he would do.
2: My favorite ever. My buddy, John Greco. He had the best reason ever to get detention. This is when you're in English class. This is eighth grade English. Mr. T's. He would go. Uh, we were like pluralizing. Like if it was an if a word ended in F.E. to V.E.S. So he'd go. All right, John, why don't you take some of these? He goes, OK, knife, knives, leaf, Leaves queef queeves, he goes out. <laughs> Goofawed, that was great, Israel. What about you? What did you get detention for? Too many Dungeons and Dragons games in the back of classrooms when the teacher was talking. I put a kid in the hospital
3: for rupturing his spleen.
2: Oh, that's right. That's a kid who called you a Jew or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I
0: was not expecting that.
2: That was not with hold on, that was not detention, that was suspension.
3: Yeah, it was a suspension. Yeah,
0: hardcore. You're the bad boy.
3: No, I was a nerd but he just pissed me off and i had enough it was my breaking point jew smash (laughs) (laughs) excellent uh next
2: question that was a nice little walk down tangent down memory lane i like that kevin good job uh let's see lord Snurts, no questions this week but breakfast club looks like trash based on the trailer Eric, uh, Eric four, nine, five, three. Wow. Breakfast club. I used to like that movie, but I also like He man and transformers too. When I was a kid, Eric, don't we all still Eric says that movie is full of that. Doesn't happen. Taping someone's butt will get you arrested. Not the tension. All that smoke in a school and no fire alarm. Plus the smell
3: more of a statement, but okay. Uh, by the way, somebody said they watched the trailer for this movie. Yes. If you ever want to really enjoy yourself just go, just go watch old movie trailers. Oh it's, my God. It's so it's so bizarre that, that was how they were marketed. Mi- four
2: and a half minutes they were. Yeah. Four yeah. and they told you the entire fucking Oh, uh, yeah. And story. Right, the
3: voiceover just telling you the whole movie.
2: Dude, I'll, uh, i I watched it again recently because when I was on Shulta's show, he's like, You got to watch the Batman trailers. I go, I have the movie like 18 different ways. You're the 89 Batman I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. He's like, watch those trailers. They tell the they, you might as well go, i just saved myself 450
3: back in 1989. You know why they had to do that? Because nobody knew what knew who the Batman was. And the only right. thing they knew him was was the uh, the old 70s show, 60s show. Uh, so they specifically had to go out of their way to make people, the audience understand that this was not bad. Oh, yeah. It wasn't campy. Confounded. Yeah. The batteries are dead.
2: Let's see. Next one. Oh, Delvin Cox. We did Jaws last week. You son of a bitch. How do you feel now after that raping we gave you? Delvin wants to know. I have a question. And this is a good one. Who would you cast in a modern remake of the film, and who would you change to make it better? If you say Rebel Wilson, you're out.
0: (laughs) What about Jonathan Taylor Thomas?
3: (laughs) He needs to work. Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's available. Yeah, he he
2: could be the janitor. Go. This is what happens after you make two a successful show and a mega (laughs) successful film.
0: So good, like his resurgence. Like, hey guys, just like sweeping the floor. (laughs) He he shows up and he looks at the camera
2: and kind of goes like. You don't know. And then the Chiron at the bottom says, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, kids, he was in Home Improvement and the voice of Simba. And that's it. It freezes and it cuts to whatever else is going on. That's how I would do it if I was a director. All right, let's start off. Claire, who do you, give me like a couple of, you have to pick, you know, whatever. Claire, who would you have as Claire? Molly Ringwald's character.
3: Jen?
0: Oh, you're asking me? Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Well, (laughs) the second I wish you just let that silence go. I was I was willing to just sit with it. (laughs) Kevin, it's been thirty. It's been it's been (laughs) thirty minutes since we started. We have to put this along.
0: I would cast uh, literally any woman you mentioned. Robin Wright, I think, was one of them. She's fantastic. Uh, No, no, he he means in in a
2: current remake.
0: Oh, a current? Well, she's still great, actually. Um, Current?
2: I think she's still to play high school senior.
0: This movie so much with like a burning passion that like I, I don't even want them to remake. Like the thought of them remaking it makes me want to projectile vomit.
2: Daddy uh, shack I agree with you. Don't ever you remake know,
0: it. You know who they would cast? They would cast Reese Witherspoon. A hundred percent. She's,
2: too old. Like, she's really too old. She's way too
0: old. Uppity? Not
2: no. Her,
0: she's no Kevin. She's gonna be in the Legally Blonde three coming out. Like. Trust me. Yeah, but she's Get not a
2: playing kid. a high school fucking senior. She's a playing. She was a lawyer for Christ's sakes in that film. You're not a high school. I'm a lawyer. Yeah,
0: looks good.
2: But she, I, don't, I Never saw either of those films. So uh, Reese, okay. Well, th- well, just for time's sake, give me uh, Emilia Estevez's role.
0: <sighs> oh, I know um, the guy from the the kid from Twilight, Jacob. That guy, that kid. He Yay. needs to work too. Yeah, he, needs yeah to- he does. He does. He needs to keep his shirt a on.
3: werewolf? Yes. Did you, did you say he needs to keep his
2: shirt on? No.
0: You know, no uh, what did I say? You on? said
2: on. I go, you must not think he's handsome. I go, all right. Well, I guess she's not a fan, but maybe he was acting. <laughs> you know, every got a form, pig like, nose.
0: He's taking his shirt and off. And a pig
2: face. It's just so funny. I, he, he has, I call it the Renee Zellweger, who farted face, where it's always a, <laughs> like she walked into a fart cloud. That's Renee Zellweger's face. Especially now. whoof. Someone got a little too liberal with the plastic surgery. Her and Courtney Cox, ish. They should file for malpractice. Okay. Next, uh, Ali Sheedy's role.
0: Uh, sorry, that's like the misfit, right? Like the fucking yeah, the crazy, burnout. Like the the uh, Captain Crunch, Captain yes. Crunch sandwich girl. This is tough. Oh, I know Zendaya. I'm watching you for uh, you now. Yeah, uh, it, yeah 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 because she'll be like messy and she'll get all into character like she'll get into it
2: i'm so not into her i don't get her at oh, all no,
0: uh like diversity hello there's uh, all white people in this movie Just- we'll
2: get to it and the last character of course is bender judd nelson who would you have for him
0: oh god can't stand that character uh
2: you would totally have sex oh, than a De- prom
0: jack De- De- Efron. Did we both see Zac Efron? Hold on. No, no I said, I said I you.
2: I said you'd totally have sex with him at your prom. That's what I said. That's just nasty. And how about the principal? I forgot to mention him. Who would you have as a principal? Uh,
0: what about is the guy from is a principal from Saved by the Bell still alive? Is he still around? Bare,
2: barely. He looks. He's he in lo- bad shape. He looks like he's a skin. A skin. Sorry, a skin. A snake that's molting his skin like mid-process. <laughs> he looks awful. Building.
0: Maybe not him then. I tried.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh,
1: that'd be great.
0: And I'm gonna come in here and start cracking some
2: skulls.
0: Yeah. Right. All righty then. Yeah.
2: Holy testicle Tuesday! Why is the door open? <laughs> Before we get to my notes, Kevin, let's talk about our sponsor, our pal, our buddies over at Athletic Greens. God damn, that is some good stuff. Kevin, you know why I love it? Actually, you know what? Forget why
3: I love it. Why do you love Athletic Greens so much? I love it because unlike every other supplement out on the market, it actually tastes good. Right. That's such a random thing to have. And since you're drinking it first thing in the morning, you don't want to drink some nasty chalky mess. It actually tastes good. It tastes like it's doing something good for you. And it works. I substitute my morning coffee for the cold glass, and it—I it, feel good. I feel like I'm starting off my my morning right, healthy, uh, gut health, mind health. It does it all, and it—it uh, it works.
2: It does work. It does optimize your gut health, which I'm a big, big fan of. I've been on it now for about a little over a month, and it doesn't taste super healthy. It doesn't taste like someone just had a hobo ring a sock over a cup of water. This tastes that pretty damn decent. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help start your day right. The best thing about it, I think, it's also lifestyle-friendly. If you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than a gram of sugar. Jen Eckhart, how much do you think a a, a serving of Athletic Greens costs for one day? Give me a number. If you had to put a dollar amount on it,
0: Athletic Greens.
2: Yeah, you mix in your water. You got to try it. It's good. How much do you think it costs a day?
0: $2 a day.
2: I like the way your head is. It's less than $3 a day. Someone gets those showcases. I love asking the guests this question because they're so unsuspecting and they go, wait, me, I'm getting called on? Athletic Greens uh, founder created this when he experienced a ton of gut health issues and he's decided to do his own supplement routine. In the beginning, it cost him a hundred bucks a day. This is less than $3 a day and you're investing in -in all-in-one nutritional insurance. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Now, the best part about it is, Jen Eckhart, you get when you order it from athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. You're going to get a year supply free of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Gutting the Sacred Cow loves to promote athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, athleticgreens.com slash GTSC for a year supply of free vitamin D, and five free travel packs. Thank you, Athletic Greens. Kevin Israel, it's now time That's to see true. if Jen can – I know. It's to see if she can go out and get that monkey off her back, her O for one slide. Can she break out of it? It's time for Jen at 2. I got that. Got gut The All
3: right, Sacred, okay. sacred <laughs> Cow. cow.
0: I'd rather go spend a Saturday in detention somewhere at a school than be forced to sit down and watch this movie again. I'm not even joking. Like I would literally literally go to a public school, sit there for an entire afternoon, then sit down and watch this. The fact that I couldn't even find it on any streaming platform and actually had to pay $3 and 99 cents. To rent it on Amazon Prime. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to Jeff Bezos demanding my three bucks back. So
2: (laughs) you're the one. You're the one going to Amazon One Star Reviews and doing that. You're the you're the the, the, (laughs)
0: viewers and listeners something. This movie, The Breakfast Club, isn't even worth twenty five cents of your time. Okay, this movie is so bad that even actress Molly Ringwald herself agrees with how bad the film is and that it didn't age well yep yep don't give me that look Kevin. where'd she where'd she see
2: this I didn't, I didn't know that
0: wrote an op-ed in the new yorker after sitting down and watching it with her daughter years later and was embarrassed by the film she explained that scene where bender not only peeks up the character's skirt but also touches her inappropriately when she doesn't consent and calls him an asshole he responds sue me She should sue him. She actually should sue him. In fact, that would have made for a much more interesting plot line than whatever garbage the movie was. Because honestly, I don't even know what happened in the movie. Like, a friend of mine who hadn't seen the film goes, well, what happens in The Breakfast Club? I'm like, they go to detention. And they're like, well, that's it? I'm like, yeah. Like, that. there's no real beginning, middle, and end here. But anyway, so The Breakfast Club, this is kind of disconcerting, but they actually had to hire an adult woman for the shot of Claire's underwear. They couldn't even ask Molly Ringwald to do it because it wasn't permitted by law to ask a minor.
2: She was 16 when she filmed this, by the way she's 16. She looks 20 fucking seven here in this film.
0: (laughs) Fair, by the way, fair. Thank you. But I mean, the scene stayed and, you know, obviously Bender sexually harassing her throughout the film, um, You know, it goes on his little rage, you know, with his vicious contempt, calling her pathetic, mocking her as a queenie. I mean, anyway, Molly Ringwald even went on to write an essay detailing her many experiences of, you know, sexual harassment and assault over her acting career spanning four decades. And look, like, I, I get it. I mean, um, you know, and I, I appreciate and, her sentiment and her coming forward and speaking up. But all that aside, Molly is an absolute train wreck of an actress. I'm just going to put it out there. Like absolutely terrible. I was a theater geek in high school. Uh, I, like I hated 16 candles. I hated pretty and pink and surprise, surprise hated the breakfast club. Um, second point. The movie is insanely casually homophobic. Like you alluded to like the fag thing on the locker. Uh, like yeah, it didn't sit well with me, like didn't find it funny. Um, like I'd laugh, like I love, who didn't love locker graffiti growing up? But like, it, I just didn't find the humor in that. And then like one of the characters was making fun of the wrestler rolling around on the mat with other guys. Like, dude, what do you, what, what do you have against wrestling? Uh, Emilio Estevez's confusing jock look when uh, the character, um, what's her name? Help me out. Help me out, Kevin. Claire? No, the 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 kind of the the messy girl who got the makeover. The,
2: the free Ally she, <laughs> Sheedy? That's all I know <laughs> yeah.
3: her by. The, the messy she got, girl.
0: <laughs> well, she's, she's messy. She's kind of like a misfit, like, all over the place. You know, she, she comes, she has this makeover, and I mean, oh, come on. Are we really supposed to believe that Emilio was like, all of a sudden like entranced with like, This woman like oh my god she put on some lipstick like oh look who's look who's who's the mean girl
2: look who's the mean girl
0: now no actually the the opposite because I think that they should have I liked her messy her whole appearance because that's what made her her and what they're really trying to say is hey girl you just need a little bit of lipstick and you're good to go like no dude conformity sucks like that's what made her character cool was because she was just such an oddball Says, and then the, then she says the girl. With
2: all, says the girl. her us. Says the girl with all the lipstick and makeup on right now. Conformist.
0: <laughs> Such a conformist. Okay. <laughs> it really pissed me off though. Yeah. Because it's like, oh my god! Like he just started noticing her, and like really, you, 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 like you expect me to believe there's a romance brewing between you two? Give me, give it a rest. All right. So the last five minutes of the movie, after hating each other so much, they have some weird, like heart to heart, like everyone bonds over their collective weird daddy issues. (laughs) You both know that's true, by the way, like everyone in that film, daddy issues. And we're supposed to believe that Molly Ringwald and Judd Nelson consensually wish to get together. Sorry. Don't believe it. Do not believe it. If a woman who was not just like minutes before almost getting sexually taken advantage of decides to get with like that person, like her abuser. I find this extremely problematic. Um, and then of course, not to even mention the complete lack of a story that pervades for an hour and a half before. I, I mean, nothing happens in this film. Literally nothing happens. If you want to watch some great films about like teenage rebellion, like footloose, like the hunger, Games, oh. 13, 10 things I hate about you. Even the outsiders, this film freaking blows. Like, honestly, I will never get that hour and a half back of my I will never get that time back in my life. Um, And yeah, by the way, I thought she looked perfectly fine before the makeover. Um, And uh, oh, by the way, and in the end, the nerd does everyone's work by writing the essay. And he's (laughs) the only one who doesn't get the girl in the end.
2: What's that? What is how, that? How do you know they didn't have a three way out in the football field after the hey, detention was over? That would
0: have been the sequel? I don't know. Well, he did he did go like do the fist pump while walking out on No, the that, was
2: yeah, that, that was Bender. That was Bender. That yeah. was Bender. That was the nerd got picked up by his, his mom or yeah. yeah. By the way, it, as a bonus fun fact, that was actually Anthony Michaels Hall, real family picking up picking him up in that scene.
0: Oh, how touching. Isn't it? Yeah, no. Not okay. buying it. Hated the film. Seriously, like, okay. we'll never get... Like, I, I, I would rather go be in detention than, than be forced to watch that again.
2: So. Is that is that the end of your salvo? Your
0: Honor, I rest my case.
2: Give me a number one to ten, then. Please miss that card.
0: Oh, uh, two. Okay.
2: These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where every day you find some fantastic merch wear like this. We see our smiling faces on it. Hilarious mugs like Kevin Israel has. Hats, cell phone holders, you name it, guttingthesacredcow.com. Be on the lookout. Our our second live show is coming sooner, hopefully, than later. And, of course, blog articles on guttingthesacredcow.com every day. And when advertised with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes. Open this locker, fag, and you die. I do miss locker graffiti. Always the hottest gossip was on locker graffiti. Scribbled in black or red marker. For the aesthetic aesthetic
3: pleasing f- factor for that. I didn't have any locker graffiti in my high school.
2: Really? not a thing. No. No. What's the best way to look wit- rich without showing off your house or a bunch of money or riding a horse? A Burberry scarf and a tight shot. That's how you show you're rich. That is a hell of a library for a library for a high school. This is a trappings of a county library. Nice try, John Hughes. Hey, everybody, it's L.A. Deputy Dwayne Robinson from Die Hard as the principal. Is Saturday detention a thing? I never heard of it. And if I got it, I'd skip it and take the in-school suspension. I'll be goddamned if I ever gave up my Saturday morning cartoons for fucking Saturday detention.
0: Can I just say one thing? Just one. I like how Bender is like the bad boy, but he shows up for Saturday detention. It's All like, right. oh, you're so you're so hardcore. Yeah. Okay. Look where you're at on this. Well,
2: mm-hmm. let's see. Let's see, because he has two months of detention after that too. So let's see if he follows through. Bender, Big J Ogerson, and Dice Clay are the last three dudes to wear fingerless gloves while not lifting weights. <laughs> so here's how I think all of these characters end up: Ali Sheedy moves to L.A. and dies in a snuff film. Emilio Estevez coaches high school football, teaches drama, and still drinks out of his Alf coffee mug. Molly Rigwald is twice divorced and has a vicious Chardonnay and Percocet habit as a fashion buyer for Penney's. And Anthony Michael Hall is a college professor of economics who writes a novel, a novel, and keeps a stable of female students giving him sex while getting an eight out of ten on a rateyourprofessor.com website. Judd Nelson, or as I call him, Hot Rod from the Transformers cartoon movie Kevin Israel. You got the touch. You know it. And Rodibus Prime. What principal willingly accepts to do Saturday detention every week? That is a job for the new students, or new teachers, excuse me, hey, or substitutes.
0: He makes $31,000 a year. <laughs>
3: so why should he not? Yeah, was... He should be passing that off to the the peons of the school to do it. I looked it up. He was actually the vice principal.
2: Really? Because, see, they said principal. Because at first I thought he was a teacher. And then my wife goes, he's the principal. I go, like, he goes, well, he has his own office. I go, he could be borrowing an office. I don't know, but his name Vice on principal. there and it didn't say principal. Okay. Judd Nelson looks like that 24 year old that, that comes to the loner slutty girl, senior prom every year without fail. This is a bunch of white people horseshit. And this is coming from the whitest of white people. Me. <laughs> I've seen at least four bender wannabes at open mics over the years in comedy. I'm sure you have to Kevin. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot who said it, but someone said, eat my shorts. Was this a thing in the eighties and Bart Simpson just stole it from this? Huh? I caught me. Yeah. I said, I, I said fire to a fair amount of things as a teenager. I was not a pyro. I uh, said a lot of things as it fired as a teenager. Definitely not the ladies loins. That's for sure. But my own shoe was something I never said fire to. I never felt the need to deface my own athletic footwear especially the Sambas. They're pretty cool. were not they Kevin Israel?
3: Cause, it, Cause again, it shows you how Hughes like looks as teenagers. Like what's edgy for a teenager to do
2: fire. Yeah. Ali Sheedy must be on bath salts. This film. <laughs> Call me weird. I got that guy. Did that card pretty well. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I did actually. That's thank pretty
2: you. good. Call me weird, but I hate it when Judd Nelson started ripping apart a book. There's a part of me that just I hate when people do that. Just start ripping apart books. All right. I'm a nerd. This whole film is one huge. That doesn't ah, happen. Damn it. You. I let you choose <laughs> it. the first last <laughs> time. I have that verbatim. <laughs> do you really? Yes. Well, wife. <laughs> it's been a great marriage together, hasn't it? <laughs> no one is no one is having existential conversations in detention. Everyone is carving into the desk. The homecoming queen likes double anal, and that's pretty much our drawing tits and dicks on the desks. Remember how badass you were and scary you were if you carried a switchblade in the 80s? (laughs) Sure, gang, let's take requests to sing. Bridge over the river Kwai, you got it. Two, three, four, Shut the fuck up. No one does that. <laughs> one more that doesn't happen since you asked so kindly, Claire brings in a bento box of sushi. Sushi that's unrefrigerated and her <laughs> and her own container of soy sauce, not squirt packet. A goddamn ramekin, or not a ramekin, a, a fucking, like, a, a little teapot, little mini teapot of ramekin sauce. Just fucking stop it. We get it. She's high society. What, John Hughes, a million dollars? Does not buy caviar for her to eat on a cracker? <laughs> a sugar sandwich with cereal. We get it. She's quirky. Oh, the heavy-handedness in this film runs rampant. If the usual suspects is one of the best reveals of all time, Bender revealing that his dad beats him is the completely opposite end of the spectrum. As in who didn't see that fucking coming. The stereotypical sliding down the hall. Oh, we've seen that and done that a million times. You mean to tell me that he couldn't hear squealing sneakers. Michael Jordan couldn't stop on a dime without making a sound. What these four assholes couldn't stop and not be seen or heard by the principal cut the horse shit. I make $31,000 and I have a home. I'm not giving it up. That's a lusty $82,000 he's breaking about, bragging about. He doesn't have 45,000 shares of Amazon, guys. The way he talked about it was such you know, bravado and boisterousness about him. I said, this ugh. I guess that's what the high, co- high end of living is over in uh, Decatur, Illinois. The stakes in this film are horribly low. Smoking a joint in the library in the 80s is akin to getting a girl in high school an abortion in the 90s and bringing a gun into school in the 2000s. John Nelson and Rob Lowe look eerily similar. One has longer hair. The other one fucks 15-year-olds on video in a motel room. And for the biggest, that doesn't fucking happen. Amelia Estevez takes two hits of weed and he's jumping around like he fell face first into Tony Montana's Mountain of Cocaine and Scarface. That doesn't happen. Weed doesn't work like that. You don't hop around like a fucking coke out. You don't hop around like Dwight Good in the 86 World Series when you fucking take two hits of weed. And then to punctuate the insanity, he screams and shatters glass like he's a mezzo-soprano or Michael Jackson in the scream video he did. (laughs) Are you – he screams and shatters glass? There is a Confederate flag in the library when you see Emilio Estevez dancing around uh, all hopped up like his brother Charlie Sheen just told him, hey, Emilio, I got you two hookers just because it's, you know, Sunday. But there is a Confederate flag hanging up. I saw that. I paused it to make sure, huh. and it was. And Illinois, part of the Union, in the Civil War—a little history for all you folks. Finally, we get to an interesting part of the film: the slut versus tease conversation. That actually works. Taped together, Larry So-and-So's buns. What's that go for in the S and dungeon, Kevin Israel? Two hundred fifty bucks, five hundred. What's the price point on that?
3: Depends on the day.
2: Fair. Finally, some pathos when Estevez does feel bad for the taping of butt cheeks. Tipping of butt cheeks sounds like the title, of, like the latest James Patterson novel. <laughs> Vernon doesn't come in when they're all yelling at each other. How timely got to have that exposition there. Right kids. I forgot the nerd brought a gun, a flare gun in there. I liked the twist when you thought he, he was going to go all Columbine and that shit. Yeah. Oh, it was a flare gun. I go. ah, oh, that was all right. I'll give that clever. That was, that was cute. That was cute. That was clever. Ali Sheedy and another that doesn't happen. I didn't have anything better to do. That's Fucking horse shit. I'd rather mow my parents lawn for $25. And the, and the
3: principal didn't call her out on it. Exactly.
0: I mean, I don't think they, they, they I, didn't. They, I, I actually laughed out loud when she said that. Yeah. Like, really?
2: Nothing. The best part of the film, the soundtrack by a country mile. Sure. Dancing together in the library after screaming at each other for a good 45 minutes is a really believable moment. Next thing you know, they're going to start dating each other at the end of the movie. Whoops. Here we are. There is no payoff or consequence when Warner goes through the confidential files. Why is he going through them? What is he looking for? No. And the janitor <laughs> catches them. There is no punishment. There's no stakes. Or there any stakes? Excuse me. I'm and January kind of said this, obviously, but I'm supposed to believe Molly Ringwald and Bender got together and then here's a real that doesn't happen moment. They start sucking face in front of Molly Ringwald's dad as he waits in the car. Bullshit. On the car. They're
3: leaning on the car.
2: Yeah.
0: that would be like, all right. <laughs> <the car>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: guess, guess, I have an extendable baton in my car. Guess who's coming out of that car baton in hand and going to crack this guy in the jaw with a mouthful of broken teeth fast. Me.
0: You're going to be cracking skulls, actually. Yeah.
2: waste <laughs> Uh nothing alluded to the title of The Breakfast Club during this film. How did they come to that title? Why? Are they having breakfasts? Are they now a club? Again, this is the movie title was set before the film. Well, Jen Eckhart, I'm loath to give you any credit, but fuck, this film does indeed suck. I never liked this film. As I said before in this podcast a million times. I love John Hughes, and I hate John Hughes. Pretty in Pink is so fucking terrible. We did it on this very podcast. Juliette Miranda did it, and in a very above-average job, she did as well. That film's terrible. I love Plain Trains. I love Uncle Buck. I hate this film. I hate 16 Candles. What other ones am I missing, Kevin Israel? The, the, this is a bunch of, again, I hate saying this, but it's a bunch of white people fuckery nonsense. No, stop it. Stop it. That is perfect. Thank you. That's the perfect way to describe it. It's such shenanigans.
0: Can I I quote Full Metal Jacket? It's a huge shit sandwich. And we're all just going to have to take a bite. That's how I felt sitting down watching this. I was like, God.
2: You're the first person to quote Full Metal Jacket after the sergeant kills himself because the first half of that film is amazing. (laughs) The second half of that film is a fucking slog.
0: I love the shit sandwich quote. My favorite quote
2: is where he tells Private Pyle, I'm going to cut your balls off so you can't contaminate the rest of the world. That quote is perfect. I think this film is trash and my score of a two out of ten says so. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours.
3: Well, GKG. You took all no, of on the my phone. notes. <laughs> you took all of my notes. So here's the thing: as a forty-five-year-old guy, watching a movie about high school angst is really tough because <laughs> high You're school like, is have problems. Thanks, Jen. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so high school being so far in the rearview mirror, but we never we never forget about those experiences. Right. But you start to you start to really be able to kind of gauge the magnitude of what you took so seriously and looking at all that stuff and thinking how they were all so upset about their lives and it was so hard and it's like you know what be on the verge of missing a mortgage payment like you know like like have trouble conceiving a child don't whine to me that your parents put a lot of pressure on you so you go to a good college you obnoxious fuck well
1: you're all gonna sit there I,
2: I, i hate to interrupt you for one second when was the first time you saw this film, Kev?
3: Oh, I don't. I have no idea.
2: I'm gonna assume at least after, not that long after, after high school, if not during her high school, right? I probably after. I probably saw it after high school. I, I hate. Remember. I hated it when I first saw it too. I go and I, again recently removed, or even in
3: high school. Again, I forgot when I saw it, but even my first watch, I'm like, this fucking sucks. So it's not like sure, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and again, I'm not defending this as a movie, but I'm just saying when you're when you're trying to sell a movie. To an audience that looks at, at the, 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 the real core of this movie is about the, how hard these kids' lives are and how they find commonality amongst their very different versions of suffering. But as an, as an adult, just looking at it and saying, it's, so that, was, that was just my initial reaction to watching it again. I haven't watched this whole movie. Through. To be honest, I don't know that I ever watched this movie all the way through. Um, Cause at the end I looked at my wife and I was like, is this when he puts his fist in the air? Like I couldn't even, like <laughs> I knew that like that iconic moment, but I wasn't, I wasn't I kept, even sure.
0: I kept looking at my phone and I kept having, cause it was just so uninteresting to me that I had to like rewind. Cause I, wait, wait, seriously. I don't want to get like yelled at by like Kevin Goatee. Like you watch the movie from start to finish. Like, you know,
2: well, listen, we would have known if you would have, but uh, I, this is an hour and a half long film and I
3: hit the display button four to five times. I had to watch it in two sittings. Did you really? I mean, I, I turned it off at like, I turned it off at like an hour five. And I was like, I'll finish the next 26 minutes or whatever it was tomorrow. Um, Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's, the movie really feels like a short story that somebody was like, we're going to drag this out into a movie. Cause I, like, I get it and it's, it's. Like, yeah, you know, all these kids, you know, sharing their moments of suffering and, you know, bonding and whatever. Fine. But they beat the point to death so badly. And they all they can do is just reinforce the stereotypes of each of these kids. And it's just so boring. Like we get it. The jock is a jock and the popular girl is a popular girl and the nerd is a nerd. And there's just nothing interesting about them beyond they're, you know, they're two dimensional character archetypes that they, that they create. And so then when you get to, and there, and there really is no, there's really no like climax in this movie. There's no moment where you're like, Oh, this is it. Like it just all kind of, everything just sort of happens. And then they walk away from it. Even the relationships that are formed, which just felt like he, he, like he didn't know what to do. And he's like, well, there's two girls, two guys and a nerd. The two girls and the two guys are getting together because there was absolutely. There was very little chemistry, I thought, between Ringwald and Judd Nelson. And I almost think it robbed the two characters of what they were trying to build up by the fact that they ended up in a relationship. Like, it was like, that's what they had to do. They couldn't have some other, like, Judd Nelson couldn't say, nah, fuck you, I'm staying the way I am. Instead, he fell for her. And then even more ridiculous was Estevez and what's her name getting together because that was there was no chemistry there like there was nothing she just walks out and is a little bit prettier and he's like oh shit I have a boner now (laughs) I gotta go out with you like where did that the last she said she eats with her feet that fucking I don't care if she came out and she looked like Pam Anderson I'd be like listen you foot eater (laughs) I'm not touching you you weirdo was it
0: she writes with her feet? I think it was she writes with her feet. And no,
3: and then she said, "I can eat with my feet. I can play piano with my feet." She, she listed a whole. Uh, trust me, Janet, people talk about their yeah,
2: feet. That's Kevin's wheelhouse, right there. Yeah. Feet talk. I've heard that's, this song and dance many a time. I know. It's disgusting. I agree,
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I mind. What, well, we, uh, uh, what wiki feet? Wiki feet. Did you guys even know that's a thing? Oh, I've I know, heard of
2: it. No, because that's we're not funny. weirdos. Me too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you don't frequent. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, it's just. What porn hub for you? What, yeah, what for you tea. No, I <laughs> yeah, just keep it just keep it good and vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait,
2: wait, wait. wait. What do you mean you're on Wiki Feet? Someone took a picture of your feet and posted it on um, there.
0: When you are a, um, <clears throat> a famous public figure, <laughs> which I'm not, but um, seriously though, um, I'm I don't know how, why, but apparently there's some guy out there who runs this website and uploads like cute chicks feet and like they how did you get on one to it's, five. Like um, it's like mr S- oh, he's really, mean, it's like
3: mr uh he's nagging it's like mr skin I, for feet
0: i yeah. admit hearing on this show man <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Anywho,
2: do, you, do, do we do you get any follow-up from that from those people when they said hey i, I saw your feet over on wiki's feet or whatever the hell it's called what's did they try and hit you up with inside of the dms or some you know, shit like that
0: come to think of it you know i do have a four out of five rating i got to start to try to monetize this somehow, right?
2: Show Kevin Israel your feet. Let's see what he gives. Please, do not.
3: <laughs> please, please enough, do not. Please, please do not. I just ate. Uh, anywho, I see all this foot talk is really throwing me off my game now. Sorry. The movie ends, and it, it it nobody cares. Like the 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 interesting point in the movie is when the nerd asks. I didn't even take Brian. I think was his name. Takes. Makes the point like what's going to happen on Monday? Are we going to be friends on Monday? Like that to me was the most interesting conversation. Yeah,
0: breakfast because they're the
3: yeah. breakfast club, right? But I thought but that that was that was like we just spent all this time together. Like what's going to happen? Like that was kind of the most honest moment. And then and then Claire, you know, said no, and I was like, oh, this is going to be like an interesting. And then that didn't even go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That to me was the most. That to me was the moment in the movie that this whole movie was building up to, and then it just kind of just deflated. Like everything just didn't. Nothing happened. Like it felt like things were gonna happen. Like even when even when he was when um, Bender was like, "I'm gonna distract the principal so you guys can get back," and he's like sacrificing himself. You know, nothing really happened with it. Like there was no, there was just no. no he falls through the ceiling or whatever. The whole movie yeah. was just like a big nothing burger. Like just it, it was just so boring and dull. And then the soundtrack pissed me off. I hated all those songs. Did you really? Yeah, I I hate all of those songs. And also why do they have to drag David Bowie into this? Did you guys catch that Bowie quote? Oh, oh, here's why, here's why because Ali Sheedy, I
2: actually was, when I was doing the research, I saw this too. She loved Bowie and she said that quote popped out and she championed
3: for it to be in the opening monologue. Huh. He is way too cool to belong. Yes, in much this. much too cool. And and also, I really don't like Molly Molly Ringwald, but we covered that in pretty in pink or whatever movie we watched of hers that also sucked um i'm gonna leave it at that this is just a this is just a horseshit movie (laughs) people i people have made iconic because the actors at the time were big and they all want to remember being in high school when they thought they were better looking but they're actually little pieces of shit this movie stinks too
2: All cannons emptied. All fucks, wait, Oh, no, wait, 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 one down. more.
3: One more point. I'm sorry. Go you really you can do Molly, a high school Molly, movie, right?
0: Really hope Molly listens to this episode, by the way.
3: <laughs> Who's Molly? You can do. Oh, she, she better not listen to this podcast because she's going to be very upset. You you cannot. You can do high school movie like he like Ferris Bueller's Day Off was a good high school movie. Yep. Like it captured high school. It captured, you know, sitting in the class, being bored, all the kids knowing the popular kids, the, the sister hating her little brother, like all that stuff. You can do it, and you can make it re- re- relevant, and you can make it relatable even to an older audience. This didn't do that, and it was the same guy. Like he clearly c- had the ability, but instead he made this horseshit. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> Number two.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> we all said two. Is, We're that, all
2: is that deuces wild? Oh boy! Yeah. Wow. Jen, you sure thought you were gonna come on here and face an uphill battle. Little did you know that this is running downhill. This film stinks. I blame Bill Schultz. He's fi- he's starting to figure oh, out.
1: Oh no,
0: come on. It was it was this or Groundhog Day.
2: Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Hughes once again sensationally captures the feel of adolescent rebellion. And nonconformity with both timeless severity and laugh-out-loud dialogue. Blech.
3: Ugh, Shut up.
2: This is the same person who uh, definitely pronounces the world, the world, uh, the word "adult" as "adults," not "adult." Adults. <laughs> that batted one for two. Jen liked it. Kevin deaden. The late John Hughes' finest hour. He didn't have many, despite a prolific output. excuse me the breakfast club was the best of the so-called brat pack features as well as a seminal film for many who came of age in the 80s is it though i mean israel we were 10 when this nine i I was nine when this came out i mean we're at the very end i know we're on the cusp what
0: i wasn't even born sorry i had to just
2: we
3: we know we've covered that Mm. right was
2: this was this so like like a powerful film like 80s oh breakfast club that's the Diary of a Yeah, our Lives. I mean, I, it, I so. think
3: it was. I think in the in the eighties, you know, five years before our kind of moment, it was a big. All these, all those movies were a big deal.
2: You know, it's a real piece of shit that I saw once, and I won't watch it. You ever see Saint Elmo's Fire? Good God, that's terrible. I do like the song. I do too. I love the song.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the movie
2: absolutely it's does terrible. Like- <laughs> Next one. the uh, The film is an extraordinarily well blended mix of humor, heartbreak, and anger, as each character displays a pantheon of raw emotions.
0: That's an SAT word.
2: Yeah, I was almost. I almost hope they had the word zeitgeist after this to complete the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> he, Hughes may deserve more plaudits as a social worker than a filmmaker, but you have to admit his hokey situation plays. The reason is the five terrific young actors who bring more conviction to these parts then perhaps they deserve. Now, get your Burger King crown out for the fucking major douche nozzle of the week. Moliere's famous work, Tartuffe, Tartuffe, is about a pious fraud who turns out to be criminal. The joke is that Bender is a criminal fraud who turns out to be pious. Hmm, Yes, childish and pedantic. You ever you ever see like the picture of somebody and you just know you're going to look at them and hate them? Like I hate when I see like me- dudes with the 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 snack the snarkiest kind of bow ties, but they wear their glasses down on their nose or the bridge of their nose and they look down at you and get that half like pained like I'm a tortured soul smile. That's the kind of person I envision when I think of this review. Critics one star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. <laughs> While meticulously drawn, the film's characters are so stereotypically representative that the only lamest of moviegoers will not determine the respective backgrounds and problems long before the plotting movie does.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh.
2: That review was kind of plotting, I thought. Quite. Does director John Hughes really believe, as he writes here, that when you grow up, your heart dies? It may, but not unless the brain has already started to rot with films like these.
1: Zing! Ah.
2: Cue slide whistle sound effect. (laughs) Nothing really changes. You hear nothing you haven't heard before, but you know that for them, it is happening for the first time, and they deserve compassion. I'm not sure that's a good enough reason to see The Breakfast Club. White People Fuckery, Chapter One.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I just love All that. Bad. I love that description.
2: Does director John Hughes really believe? Uh, sorry, I copy and paste that again. Amazon, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Amazon, five-star reviews. When I told my son that his school is identical to my school back in the 80s, he scoffed, as teenagers do. I would scoff, too, because his his school has high-speed internet. We had Oregon Trail. I try
3: not to scoff. Yeah.
2: I asked him if he ever saw Breakfast Club. He said he heard of it, but never saw it. Parentheses. Mom gets on her Amazon app and immediately orders a Blu-ray with one click. You could have just got it on Prime for four bucks. Jesus Christ. A few days later, it arrives in the mail. I hand it over to my son, and he says, Here is your school in movie form. With a scoff and eye roll added for effect, he trudges upstairs And I hear it tossed on his desk. Fast forward to a Sunday and he's bored. He's great. He graces us with his presence that Sunday afternoon. And it looks like that he's had an epiphany. Mom, you're right. That movie is exactly like my school. Some moms are right. It happens. And I said, really? No kidding. Because that was my high school. Oh, my God. Oh, so your mom went to school with a bunch of vapid characters that no one gives two shits about. (laughs) Sounds like Mama's Molly Ringwald's uh, a, a knockoff. My wife wanted to watch this with our kids because she remembered loving it so much as a kid and wanted them to see it so that they would enjoy it as well. As we got into it, we remember that the '80s were a different time for movies than they are now. Than they are now, as people are able to get away with a whole lot more. I disagree. I think you're able to get away with a whole lot less. And she had forgotten completely about the joint scene where they all got high. That might be, what's that? Go ahead, Rowan.
0: Your euphoria, I don't know if anybody's watching that on HBO Max. They pretty much do everything in high school there. Anyway, continue.
2: That may be fine for most of the country right now, but I'm not going to encourage my children to do drugs myself. They've got the rest of the world to do that. Signed, Bobby Brown. As a rule, I do not watch movies more than once, as it is incredibly annoying and feels like such a waste of time. This one, however, I will watch over and over, not back-to-back, mind you. I never tire of this one. I've seen it so many times that I've memorized every line. It's an awesome story. Well, why would you memorize every line if it's such a waste of time?
3: Mm, and it rhymes. Yeah.
2: I could turn it back on you, dickhead. <laughs> How could anyone not like this movie? The 80s did a lot of things right. Fashion, food, music, and movies? I got to pause. Fashion. What was so 80s that came out food-wise that blew your socks off? Are you a fan of pep- or the, the Pizza Hut stuffed crust cheese pizza? You troglodyte editorial particularly teen and romance films if you don't pump your fists at the end of this film along judd nelson then somewhere you miss something it really might seem simple and pointless but the underlining epic library dance weed sexual innuendos and all-out teen drama i wouldn't say innuendos i'd say he's pretty fucking clear in his desire to put his dick inside molly ringwald I don't know why, but he still was very clear in his his methods and desires. By the way, I'd rather pump the woman from This Is Us before I pump my fist for this movie. Chrissy Metz. It's, okay, never mind.
0: I love her. Don't go. Don't go there, Kev.
2: Oh, we're, we're supposed to believe that that dude who's a dude like Jack, good-looking dudes with Chrissy Metz. If we're going to go play the role along of Molly Ringwald and what's his face. We can go along that road too. You roll your eyes because I'm right and you're stuck in a corner without a without a I comeback.
0: Love, I love that show, this is us. I love Same. Chris and Ed, so I have I have no nothing to add, nothing I to see.
2: say. No, I never watch, I just see the previews and I go, wait, what? No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Amazon
0: white fuckery.
2: <laughs> well, it, it, <laughs> call back. Amazon, one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. I forgot this movie has a ton of foul language. I think I remember the TV version in my mind. I won't run it again. Oh, my. Did not come with <laughs> wait this one. This one. I'm so evil for laughing at it, but I still fucking laugh. Did not come with the digital code. Very disappointing because I rely on those because I'm, I'm unable to put in a disc as I'm bedridden. She's <laughs> signed Larry Flint. <laughs> <laughs> i'm better than i can't you can't take a broom no, wait. that's
0: probably watching like wait. this
2: movie. you mean you can't tell me you can't do the old steven seagal hard to kill where he takes a broom and fucking uses the broom to paddle himself out of the room when he after he wakes from the coma <laughs> don't shake your head like you don't know hard to kill jen oh wait it did come out the year born 1990 next I couldn't finish this movie. The overt sexual harassment was unwatchable. I don't care if John gets a redemption arch later. Trash signed, Kevin Spacey. Arch waited thirty years to see it. Should have waited another. Sorry, waited thirty years to see it. Should have waited another eighty. So that means you were oh, math's not going to add up on this one, is it there? Isn't there, fella? <laughs> Never show teenagers this movie. In fact, never show adults. Because of the R rating, it's not for teens, even though it's about teenagers. Every student has bad parents. That's crap. Judd Nelson wasn't good for the role because he looked about 30. Emilio Estevez squeaked by in the sense of age like he repeated 12th grade. Sexual harassment is very evident in this movie, even though a 16-year-old probably shouldn't be thinking more about it. (laughs) Cue it up, Kevin. The language is so bad in this movie. Like John Hughes decided to change the English language into swear words for just this movie alone. I looked up the script for this file, for this movie on an SRD file. It has 28 F words in it. And I'm not including the other bad words in innuendo. Innuendo is not the word. Sometimes it's just out there. 28 F words. I want them to watch Django Unchained and then keep count. Twenty-eight. I forgot they read this R. I thought Hughes only did PG or PG-13 films. This was R? It was. See, I had the same reaction. Oh, wait. So so is Plane's Trains because of the one scene. Last one. So John Hughes knows all teenagers, huh? So why are all of them the most disrespectful, idiotic, rebellious pieces of dog meat to ever walk the earth? I was a teenager. I know what it was like. And this movie isn't it. It's garbage. Just walk away. And when they walk away... Should they raise their fists in the air, too?
0: Ah!
2: Never leaves me hanging. That's my boy, Kevin Israel. Speaking of, did Jen Eckhart gut the sacred cow?
3: Jen, there was a lot of pressure put on you because of your last performance <laughs> and trying to try <laughs> undertake a movie,
0: one over here.
3: a movie that most people with a soul love. And you come back, and unfortunately, you did it. I think you got this cow, but again, I also think this was a bit of an easy one. I think our guests. I think you have said it before, Kev. I think our guests are on to the formula.
2: Yeah. Uh, we, anyway, need to, we need to come out with a twist. Well, Bill Schultz is the one who fucking spewed this formula into her ear and goes, "I know what these guys like." He's been on the <laughs> show what seven or eight times now. He's I he, he, done Groundhog
0: Day too. Just saying. I think just.
2: this was more fun. I when it was funny when I did uh, Donna Veisel show. She was like, "What's the movie coming up?" I go, "We're doing The Breakfast Club," and her and uh, um. Oh my God! I'm, I'm she's gonna kill me. I forgot her co-host name. I blank. They were both incredulous. Like what? She's
0: gonna yep. attack breakfast yep. club a conversation piece. It pisses people. I find that you either have people on one side of the spectrum or the other. They either love it or they hate it.
2: Like this- <laughs> they're artistic or they're not artistic. Which one? Yeah, th- this film is indefensible. I don't know what. Why do people yes. like it so much? You have, to, yes. you have to ask them that question. Why do you like it so much? And if they say the word nostalgia at any point in their argument, they're done. That's it. Over. Well, I saw it when I was in high school in the theater. We cut class to go see it one Friday after. There you go. Done. That's it. Done.
0: Agreed,
1: Jen. You got the
2: car- you're- I
1: got it, the cow. Well, let's be honest.
2: It. Let's be honest, Jen. Much like some of these other films, the cow, the cow already had the noose around its neck. And all and three of the legs on the chair were broken. It was that fourth leg that needed kicking out, and he kicked out the fourth and final and leg.
3: There you were.
2: Just give me the
1: victory.
2: Yeah. You, you have the victory. Is it an overwhelming victory? No. It's uh, someone fumbled in the, on the one yard line. He picked up and, and fell into the end zone for the touchdown. Good for you. Speaking of falling into the end zone, why don't you tell us what you're up to, where we can find you, and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, well, like you two fine gentlemen, uh, I launched a podcast of my own called Re. Oh, look at this, look at this called Reinvented with Jen Eckhart, available sure. on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Although Spotify is, I feel like people are canceling, like canceling Spotify now. I'm not Not going anywhere on Spotify, (laughs) wherever you listen, uh, have had really great guests on. I'm bringing on people from all walks of life who are just like on various journeys of reinventing themselves. You know, Sean Paul, Kathy Ireland, Travis Pastrana, Chris Jericho, Patricia Heaton, Melissa Rivers, getting a lot of interesting names on with really cool stories, Um, you know, whether they've been you know, they were alcoholics or they got sick or, you know, just took a different career trajectory in life. I mean, just such interesting stories. So yeah, listen. It's a pretty fun show. Have a lot of fun with it. I mean, of course I don't have as much fun with it as coming on with
2: you guys. Obviously. Right. Well, it always warms the cockle of our hearts to hear that. (laughs) Kevin Israel.
3: KevinIsrael.com for upcoming comedy dates. They are slowly trickling in as we forge our way out of this pandemic. So come laugh, enjoy, and live a normal life once again. And in the meantime... While you're still sitting at home wondering what you can do, you can go on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a a five-star rating and a quick sentence review. Kevin Goatee likes to feature some of the best, and he does, and people love seeing him. So if you want to be featured by us, all you got to do is go to wherever you're listening to us right now and say something nice. Is it that hard? Because we didn't say anything nice about this movie, but we'd like you to say something nice about us.
2: Well, that was actually a perfect perfect fortune cookie that I wish we could just frame on our wall. That was perfect. I love those reads. KevinGotee.com for all shenanigans, Tom Foley, and debauchery, picks, dates, all that good stuff. And, of course, GuttingTheSacredCow.com, blogs, that doesn't happen, the merch shop where you can pick up more uh, mugs, hats, bags, whatever the hell is, hoodies. We even have those, too. It is the season for cold weather. And, of course, to advertise GuttingTheSacredCow.com at gmail.com don't forget smash that subscribe button on the youtube page for us it does help but most importantly thank you for giving us an hour and change or whatever it is of your time every week we love hearing from you we love ask a gutter we love interacting with you guys you guys helped us double our listenership from last year that's amazing and already on pace in january you're kicking ass thank you for telling all your friends and all that stuff it truly makes us happy as pigs and shit Or if we could just call it Molly Ringwald and shit, as uh, Jen would say. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Thanks again. See you later.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today